If I told you had a story needing to be heard, would you tell it? Better yet, if you knew your story could help someone else, would you share it? Today, my guest is Lisa Schrader, and she talks to us about being a two-time breast cancer survivor and uterine cancer. Hi, I'm Christine Hoshkis, and I believe everyone has a story that is unique, just like our fingerprint that puts us in the path of our journey, and some call it purpose. Each story can help, heal, educate, inspire, and of course, my one word, give hope. Today's episode is sponsored by Pink Ribbon Bookkeeping. What bookkeeping system are you currently using for your business? The shoebox system? Perhaps you're saving yourself some money by doing your own books. Ah, at midnight, the mission of Pink Ribbon Bookkeeping Service is to give small business owners timely financial information to make better business decisions. Pink Ribbon Bookkeeping is client-oriented, goal-oriented, accessible, affordable, and offers service plans to meet your needs. Pink Ribbon Bookkeeping Service keeps you in the black. To reach them, you can find them at pinkribbonbookkeeping.com or give them a call at 480 480- Two zero three four two three two. Hello, Lisa. Hello there, dear. Thank you for giving me your time. We had talked previous to this, and it was just when we talked, you just talked like it was nothing, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" Two-time breast cancer survivor and uterine cancer. You've been through quite a bit there. We won't get into the details of the other parts of your life, but you were going through quite a bit, and then add this on top of it. I just want to say. Remarkable, and and you've come out. I want to say like a warrior, and there's so many stories I hear, some more than others that give that title of warrior. But you've been through a lot, so I wanted to take and say thank you again for you wanting to share your story to to help somebody maybe who's going through it, who might be going through it. We just never know, right? Well, thank you for that. That means a lot to me. It wasn't always easy. But um, I'm just grateful to be here every day. So when you said you had been a two-time breast cancer survivor, can you tell me the first time and how you were diagnosed? Because everyone has something different. Um, It was just a routine mammogram. You know, I'm very diligent about going to the doctor for regular, you know, exams. All my doctors, really. And... um, it came up on my uh, mammogram that year, and uh, we reviewed uh, my family history with no history in the family of cancer. And so um, we went ahead and took a biopsy, and lo and behold, it turned out to be cancerous. Oh. We caught it very early, and its initial stages, it hadn't spread, so I was very, very lucky that um, I caught it when we did. And that was how young? Um, I think I had just turned uh, just turned fifty, or right around that. That life goes a little crazy for me, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I've through a lot. I really can't tell you what I did yesterday. Sometimes. No, I I, I agree with you. I am fifty, um, and the one thing that you're always we as women are always being encouraged, and men now too, is get your annual physicals, get your breast exams, you know, and being that age bracket, I I don't play around with that at all. I don't have breast cancer um, as a history, um, and you didn't either, so that brings up the point of 
more so stressing to make sure you get your exams to detect it should that come about. So thank you. And then, so you went through the first one. Um, did you have to do chemo? No, the first one, we just had a lumpectomy. And because it was the type of cancer it was, it hadn't spread outside the duct, it was called. So um, I got away with, if you will, just um, radiation. I had 30 radiation treatments. And then I was put on a follow-up of um, tamoxifen. It was supposed to last um, five years on the tamoxifen, but unfortunately I didn't, I didn't make it that far. So when you say you didn't make it that far, I'm going to assume that that was the second time that you had the breast cancer? About three, I think three or three and a half years later, when again, I had another follow-up um, exam, and um, lo and behold, they found another spot. So um, and at that point, it was uh, just enough to say, let's just take care of this and get rid of it, and, and I don't want to worry myself or my children about it anymore. So when you say eliminated, did you have a uh, mastectomy? A double mastectomy, yes. Mm -hmm. I only found it in one breast, but um, I just, you know, rather than deal with it again, if it popped up again, we just, you know, remove it all. So I had uh, a double mastectomy and then reconstruction. So there was no chemo or radiation even to be a part of that second time around? Not that, no, I was... I'm really fortunate enough not to have to do um, chemotherapy for either one of the times, uh, just radiation the first the first episode. But again, the second one, because of you know the follow-up exams, we were again able to catch it early enough, and that was just um, recommended then for the double nesting. Now, because I have not gone through that, and I, I'm hoping that I will never have to, I've got my own journey and story that I live when you talk about radiation, that sounds painful. Could you let uh, those of us who know what that process is and how long it actually takes place? Um, radiation was just um, for, for 30 days, so five days a week for six weeks. And um, it was about a half an hour appointment. Um, I had to find a radiation center that would accommodate my work schedule. They were very kind and opened up uh, early just for me to let me in and um, it takes about 30 minutes uh, we used to joke about having a tan in that one <laughs> spot but um, very you know it, it it starts off pretty innocuous by the end it's a little exhausting but but honestly in the scheme of things I was so lucky so um, I'm not one to complain honestly I, I look for the positives in, in situations instead of the negatives I, you know, we've got enough negatives that hit us. We've got to, yeah, we turn it around and it makes life a little bit, a little easier to deal with if we're constantly thinking of the negatives. Well, we're just going to make ourselves more sick, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, you joked about the, the tan and everything in just one area and the time that you had to do this is in the frequency that you had, the, that you had to do this. Did it, was that tiring at six weeks and five days a week and... I mean, I've heard of people with chemo. I how, I don't know if it's the same feeling with radiation. It really wasn't. My situation is I had just started a brand new job in a brand new field. I had no experience. I had to go to classes to get licensed. I had to study for the exam. And boom, this situation occurred. And 
Um, so I, you know, had to work in parameters of, of a new job, a work workplace, and all of that. But the actual, other than having to go a little bit in the early in the morning, and um, it does make you a little tired. So I set that set that time, you know, aside during that six week period to just allow for that and not over schedule myself. Okay. And I a, a year and a half. After I got my first diagnosis, unfortunately, my sister got one, oh. and I did have to watch her. Hers was a little farther along, so I had to watch my sister go through the situation. She had the lumpectomy, radiation, and chemotherapy. Oh, wow. She lost her hair. It was a much difficult, more, more difficult experience than mine, and, and I hated to watch her go through that, but, so I consider myself much more fortunate that that I caught it early and got to skip that. Absolutely. And it sounds to me that it was almost like you guys weren't in it alone. You actually were in it together. Even though you were at different stages of it, you you were going through the same thing. And the most difficult time, part of it for me, was just to let my children and my parents know that I had. I, that was, you know, it's frightening for me as an individual, but it, you hate to see people that you love. A worry about you. And so my parents, my sister, my children, that was a hard part as well. Absolutely. And if I remember correctly in our story, and please do feel free to correct me, you had also had a passing of your husband in this time frame too, didn't you? My, my husband I had lost about three years previous to that. It was an unexpected um, loss, absolutely. He was only 47. Um, I was a single uh, all of a sudden, a single parent with uh, two teenage kids and an apartment dog. So um, it, it was it was difficult for me, especially not having a spouse to to you know hold you or console you or, or consult with through the process. But um, thank you for my wonderful friends and family who supported me during that time, and and I made it. And the doctors as well; they were all really, really uh, kind and. and and loving so I was very very lucky very much so you are and and, and you realize that and that that's awesome um, because of my journey with the, the passing of my daughter because of the accident that I was in um, I'm a stickler about names and our loved ones so we'll just give a quick moment what what is the name of your your late husband uh, Larry Larry okay. Schrader okay we just want to make sure he gets recognized even though he's not here it's important because he's still in your life even though he's not physically so um, and then uterine cancer. So you, you, you got through these other two, and then now you mentioned you got uterine cancer. How, how did you find out about that? Because here's one of those things, again, where women have to go make sure that they get their exams. We're not quite sure what we're being checked. We just know we need to do it. So could you share a little bit more about that? Because I have not heard of this before. Um, yes. <laughs> again, um my number was up, honestly, but um, I had a regular, you know, yearly uh, visit with my gynecologist, and it was just a fluky thing that time that um, I had been spotting just a little bit. I thought maybe it was a part of menopause or something like that when I went in, and and she um, was a little concerned about that, so um, she did a biopsy and uh, took a sample and, and ran through the biopsy, and, and uh, long hold it. it uh, eventually came back um, positive. So at that point, once again, um, I'm past childbearing years, obviously, <laughs> and, and uh, don't need those parts anymore. So uh, I went ahead and had the surgery and, and had them removed as well. 
Oh my goodness. That's you make light of it. So thank you for doing that. And you know, we can get hit with many different things. I think what I've learned from you in the short amount of time that I did talk with you is the attitude through this all is actually, is actually a part of the um, the healing process too. Well, I I I have the behavior that if my children were in a situation such as mine, I'd want them to have. Um, I had a very strong mother who uh, went through um, a leg amputation at one point at one point in her life uh, for, due to a medical condition and. Um, I was inspired by her choices as well. So um, that was always a guide for me on how to do that. Again, I have wonderful, wonderful friends. Um, try not to focus on the negatives. I try to look for the positives through all of this. I've made wonderful new friends I would have never encountered had I not been in my current situation. You know, single friends now um, that I've met through different, you know, all the positives that come, uh, silver linings, I should say, that come out of every cloud. Oh, so I've been very, very lucky. I like that you use the silver lining part. I have not heard anyone and all the people I've talked to that said the silver lining. You'll hear those cliches, and it's each time I talk to someone, I'm now understanding more and more of these cliches that have evolved and revolved and been said and repeated, repeated, repeated. So I like that silver lining. Um, going back um, on your uh, mastectomy, did you go through... Um, Reconstruction. I don't remember if you said that or not, so I do apologize if you did answer. Yes, I did. I did. Uh-huh. And that so, was a, a, a long process. It, I fitted into my work schedule. Um, I think it lasted about five or six months in total. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't always pleasant, but um, I'm glad I did. It, it, unfortunately, for maybe I, I don't not quite sure how to say this, but it made me feel whole again once this the, it was completed. So um, I'm not saying it's the right choice for everyone, but for me, I'm glad I did it. You know, it. I almost knew what you were going to say because I've actually talked to uh, another, a couple of other ladies in my life who have gone through or have chosen not to. And yes, there's something about, obviously we are all vain, man and woman, what part of it that's, you know, it's individual. But when it comes to women, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, our hair and our breasts, it's almost like we identify ourselves with those two things, and when we lose them, we feel like we've lost something about ourselves. Absolutely. I, I, I don't, I hate to sound shallow, no. but um, for me, uh, that was my choice. I had watched a friend who had chosen not to, and um, some of the difficulties she she had using um, uh, other things to to fill the void, if you will, mm-hmm. and um, it just wasn't for me. So once I was done, I was done, and um, so far everything's been good, and I'm glad I made that choice. Good, and you know when you're talking about other women who everything for the most part is a choice. I've actually met a couple of ladies, and one that sticks out in my mind the most is. Uh, I met uh, about a year or so ago, and she had gone through breast cancer also and had the mastectomy or with one breast, not both. And she had a prosthetic that she had in her bathing suit, and she was not shy about showing her bra and you know, pulling out the prosthetic and all the other stuff that went with it. And she made fun of it because she's still alive. 
and she can say, Absolutely. yeah, and she too had actually lost her husband. She was taking care of him, and in in the end, she ended up getting cancer just as he was dying. So she had her own journey too. But that prosthetic I, was the goofiest thing that she ever did. But her outlook and her comment was, "I'm alive," you know. Absolutely, I think we all have choices, and and I met through now this breast cancer survivor. Um, group or groups that I've joined, you know, with that theme in, in whatever activity mm-hmm. uh, the group is. But I, I come across so much, and um, it really, you'll find that the spirits of the women who have survived are just so inspiring that um, everyone's a different journey, of course, but um, the camaraderie, and I have that in, in common with someone, mm-hmm. but the camaraderie is, is something that. Um, is communal in that group and so strong and so wonderful and it's a healing part of the process I absolutely agree with you um, and I actually met you through um, a common friend who is very active because she too was a breast cancer survivor and um, I'm I don't remember if you still do the same sport as she that would be Laura and that's dragon boating not at the moment, no. But when I had to um, to leave the sport as my, uh, my father passed away and my mother needed more care. So, um, unfortunately, I had to uh, resign from the group. And I always intended to go back, but uh, life gets a little crazy sometimes. So, um, I didn't get to. But um, it's a wonderful, wonderful group, and I uh, suggest it to anybody who would like to attempt the Dragon Boat Um because it's a, a fun, fun experience. And just briefly, what is it that the dragon boating does? Is it a group of ladies that are just breast cancer survivors, or is it sport and then these just happen to be ladies that are a part of the dragon boat team? No, um, the Tempe group the, um, is is a uh, there's teams for for men, for women, for combined, and then they have a separate breast cancer survivor team and. Um, that's the team that I happen to be on, and I, I met Laura. There were several of us who were in a group called Casting for Recovery. It was a it's a nonprofit national company that teaches women how to fly fish, and they sponsor um, activities or retreats throughout the United States for breast cancer survivors. And so, um, most of us who joined the team initially were all recipients of their. Um, weekend uh, retreats and so then I'm not sure who started, who found out about the breast cancer team uh, Dragon Boat team but they encouraged us and, and there was a group I think about probably five or six of us at least two who joined I have to say I, I did, I'm one of those curious little five year olds of how why, show me how I can try and do it at least once and I did go out on one of the um, practices with Laura and her team. And I tell you what, it looks easy, but I was drenched. (laughs) Because there's a technique and you've got to follow everybody's routine. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm not quite as coordinated as some of my my team members were. Um, I was very fortunate to be on one team when we went to California and we actually won a gold medal. In the race, and that was so, so over the top. I'm so glad I have that experience. Um, 
but it is it, it's it's so calming on the water. There's something about water that it calms our soul. And um, beach or a lake or a river, whatever it is. And um, so you really get out of it uh, much more than you put into it, though. I think I absolutely agree with you. I love I love water. Um, there is a calming. Um, so I agree with you. Now, are you involved currently with any other um, groups that are related to breast cancer, or is that kind of like on the side now because there's other things taking place? Um, no, it's unfortunately for for now. Um, most of my volunteer work has kind of gone by the wayside. <laughs> I'm working full time and and um, you know just taking care of my home yard work and things like that. Um, I'm just trying to slow down a little bit, stop and smell the roses, not trying to over schedule myself. So I think one benefit of our, you know, um, COVID uh, shelter in place experience here is kind of um, bringing us back to that, making what's really important, important. And um, so uh, I'm just kind of trying to relax and, and enjoy the friendships and relationships I have and not to overschedule myself, because I tend to do that. I think we're all guilty of that, Um, and that's where they say you have to have a healthy balance, but if you don't know what that healthy balance is, you will continue to keep yourself busy thinking that's what you're supposed to be doing. (laughs) I'm pretty lucky as well. I have lots of friends, and and I'm not one to say no, because I enjoy all their time and company and experiences, so... Um, now you're, I do you had mentioned you had mentioned the water. Are you doing stuff as a? Well, we just talked about a healthy balance. Are you still finding the time to go out on the water to find that uh, zen? Um, I try to. Yes, uh, the neighborhood that I live in. Um, one of the benefits of it is it does have artificial lakes, and so I purchased. Um, some inflatable kayaks, and I take advantage of that when the weather is nice here at home. And then in the summertime, I bought myself a little vintage travel trailer, uh, decided not to postpone my bucket list, and um, <laughs> I take the kayaks with, and so I get to take advantage of those up north on some of the lakes um, in northern areas. So as often as I can, um, my answer is yes. That is good. So you do have the healthy balance. And, and I have heard about your travel trailer, but I have not seen it. Um, you know, and with the COVID, like you had just mentioned, it is a reset on so many different levels that people really stop to think about it. And the one thing I think people were not taking advantage of before but have been kind of forced to now when there's nothing else to do was was being on the water, taking the strolls in the park or taking a hike or being outdoor. So, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I see more families in the evening. I see families with children biking and fishing in our lakes. People walking their dogs. I again, I think that is such one of the such positives in all of this. It's, it's kind of a, a regrounding, if you will. Yeah, and it absolutely reset. And and you know what? It's even a time where people can uh, do a self evaluation of their lives or. It's a coming together as families because we know families always say they don't have time. Well, everyone's had plenty of time to figure out what those what those things were that they didn't have time for, and maybe reunions of the families and getting to know one another instead of just at the dinner table. But wait, I'm not even sure if everyone sits around the dinner table anymore. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> it's always on the go. So my last 
question. What message would you like to leave our listeners as to your journey or just life in general? Um, first of all, I'm very grateful because I'm still here and I get to enjoy um, my children, not as often as I'd like. They live uh, a ways away. Of, um, but I am so very grateful. Every day I wake up is a, a plus. Um, I think it's been interesting to see the differences in my life from before. It's almost like I have two parts of before and after I lost my husband mm-hmm. um, and how the last 19 years have I'm turned out. I'm, I'm very proud I've come this far. I've survived. I'm, I'm proud of the decisions I've made financially, emotionally. Um, I People have come into my life. I think it's interesting God brings people in your lives at different times for different reasons. I've learned so much over the last 19 years. Um, I was pretty spoiled before. As I look back, <laughs> I kind of did life backwards. I was retired then. I mean, I was a, 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 a non-working mom. I was so fortunate to raise my children. And then now I'm working toward my old age and saving for retirement. So I've experienced quite a bit. But again, I've had friends that um, I've lost to cancer and different issues. I've had friends who you know, been divorced and, and struggled financially. So I am so happy to be where I am at the moment and, and feel blessed every day. I love that. I love that. And, you know, you used one of my good word, favorite words besides the word hope, and that was gratitude. We really do, I guess it depends on the journeys in our lives, on what part we want to say we're grateful for. And hopefully, it, for anyone who says that they're grateful, that it's not based on something such as yourself or something made you stop and realize what you're really grateful for. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, well, it's not all the small things, you know, the purses or the cars or the big houses or anything like that. It's the people that I'm I'm so fortunate even to get a text from a friend and I can get a view or whatever. Um, I have a wonderful group of friends, different, you know, groups from different parts of my life that I'm still close to and and uh, again, they make it such a, a rich experience. And, and it, it sounds so cliched, but again, I'm, I'm just very, very lucky and fortunate. And uh, miss my husband every day. I wish he was here. Aww. But um, I'm still here, and I'm trying to make the best of it. And from what I see on the outside, I think you're doing a remarkable job. So thank you again, Lisa, for being my guest. Oh, thank you for the invitation. Okay. And it's been so nice meeting you. Oh, likewise. Thank you again, Lisa, for being my guest and sharing your story to help, heal, educate, inspire, and my one word, give hope. To my listeners, I thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you are notified about the next great story. Because as I keep saying, these just keep getting better and better. And today I want to say thank you to Pink Ribbon Bookkeeping who sponsored this episode. If you have some needs to take care of those bookkeeping systems, whether it's the shoebox system or saving yourself some money, you can reach Pink Ribbon Bookkeeping at pinkribbonbookkeeping.com or give them a call, 480-203-4232. If you would like to share your story or if you know someone who wants to share their story or you want to be anonymous because you don't have to attach your name to a story that can help someone else, please email me to the address of Christine at storiesofhope.com, and that's Christine with a C-H and stories 
with a Y. If you'd like to be a sponsor, again, reach out to me to the address of Christine at storiesofhope.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you all well. You take care.